Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson, and this is another Foiling Series episode. Today's guest is a repeat guest. You know him from Foil the World, Brian Finch. And there's no pre-roll today. Brian's on the line. What's up, Brian? How's it going, buddy? Good, I'm man. So stoked you're you're I'm so stoked you're you're still doing this podcast. You're doing more foiling stuff and I'm a fan. Cool, man. Thank you. I'm a fan of what you do. I love it. Um it's been tough. I've been out of the water for like two weeks and it's really difficult to find the motivation to do shows when you're kind of depressed the whole time. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> sucks. Imagine. It's uh, I can relate when 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 I'm super busy, I can't work or injured something like that. I don't even check the forecast. I stop. I start uh, uh, ghosting my friends. I don't know. I don't want to know what's going on. It's it's tough, man. Oh man, I don't know if you guys can hear that in the background. So I'm in Jack's Beach right now, and this weekend is the Jack's Beach Air Show, and so it's Friday. And they're practicing. So the F-22, I think the Raptors are flying right now. And maybe the Blue Angels will fly while we're doing the show. So you guys are going to be hearing jets buzzing around. And it's awesome. Damien and I were out foiling just a minute ago as the jets were buzzing us. And it's like the coolest thing ever. So you guys are I just heard one right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he just did like a... The ultimate foilers. Uh-huh. A barrel roll right in front of the window. So uh, what's new, man? What's going on in the foil world? Ah, well, um, shoot, dude, <laughs> what is new? Uh, caught me by surprise. <laughs> what have you been um, testing? What gear you been riding? I, well, yeah, I've been playing with, uh, you know, still playing with, playing in the chop shop, messing around with foils and tails. Um, I'm working on one right now that didn't go too well yesterday. It was just, uh, it was, it was, it was ugly. It was ugly. I got beat up good yesterday. The waves are a little overhead and I was getting tossed into the air left and right. I didn't nail the angle of attack on a new adjustment and it was ugly. My friends are having the greatest time watching me laughing, <laughs> laughing at me, eating crap. Uh, it was frustrating. I'm still mad about it. I'm starting to like my blood boiling a little bit. Just thinking about it again, just from yesterday. Yeah. And I know that um, you're doing the show right now. It's 8 a.m. and the surf's pumping. We missed yesterday because the surf was good. And so we decided to do it today. And now the surf's good again. So I know it's tough um, for you. So I appreciate you doing it. Yeah. I'm probably only 80% present right now. 20% <laughs> out there checking the surf in my head. Um, let's talk um, about let's talk about the, the chop stabs because I just did my first one. And I got to say, I don't think I'm ever going back to that. I've been riding this uh, signature Unifoil 210 a lot i love mm-hmm. that that setup and i just cut the 22 apex down to a 12.5 and i feel like i just went like to a, like a little shortboard it's the coolest thing ever um what are you cutting down man that guy's right on top of me right now that's insane what are you what are you cutting down what are you uh what are you experimenting with what do you like what do you not like walk us through it well i've cut every tailwing i own now every They've one of them chopped. <laughs> Every one of them, they've all been chopped. You get to a point where you just need to know. It's not even necessarily, it's not a necessity, but uh, in my brain, I'm like, I have to know how this works. I, I need to know if this is any better than the next. And uh, and it's there's no clear answers. The chops for sure are, are working great, and it's a marked improvement. Yep. But uh, if you ask me which tail is better than the other, I'm not even sure yet because they all feel different in different, uh, you know, in different conditions and sizes. Uh, so it's, it's kind of maddening, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating in a sense because the, the possibilities are just so endless. Right. But, who who uh, should be thinking my, about my first? Sorry, we got a delay here because we're on Skype and, and Ryan's in Hawaii. So it's not like we're being rude talking over each other. Um, so who, who should be thinking about chopping down a tail wing? Um, people that are wanting more performance out of their foil, they're wanting to turn tighter. They're wanting to get looser off the foam. Um, even, uh, wanting to whip their foil around in like a steeper section of the wave or pumping straight out to another wave and doing a real tight arc kind of U-turn. That's, uh, that's where you're going to feel the the greatest benefit. Yeah. 
I've, I've had some guys, I've just been doing it for the last few days, but I've flown with some of my buddies here and they're asking me about it. And I've been saying, I don't think that you should think about chopping a tail wing unless you're connecting, you know, multiple waves most of the time. Like, unless you're probably at that level, I, I think it would go the wrong way on you. Do you think that that's an accurate statement? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Also, if, um, if you're looking for more out of your turns too, you right. want to, you're, you're, uh, you want to tighten up your turns and start whipping turns and steeper section of the wave as well. Yeah, those two criteria for sure. Right. I've noticed that that I am getting better pump out of um, certain out of my stealth 175 when I chopped um, when I chopped my sprint tail. That's the flat tail. Okay. The apex didn't feel like it was pumping much better, but it was turning much better for me. But when I chopped um, the the uh, the sprint and put it on the stealth i felt like that actually improved my pumping and just overall speed which i was surprised i was really worried that i wouldn't be able to pump the foil anymore but it seems to seems to let me i don't know if it's a reduction of drag or what's going on maybe just the nature of it being a flat tail uh, but it definitely helped me pump which which was a big surprise that's rad. You know, like in regards to turning with the apex being chopped down, you know, what Cliffy was saying is that if I remember correctly, that the downturn wing introduces a little bit of instability, but chopping it down probably gives you more instability, which lets it turn faster. I, I definitely noticed that the the small, the 12.5 comes around way quicker. And it doesn't have, what I really like about it is that when you're doing a connecting turn, like you're kind of pumping back out, going pretty fast, and then you're you're kind of banking off the wave coming at you. I used to get on the 16, I get a whole lot of extra lift right as I'm like the speed's increasing as you're, you're, you're wrapping and, and then coming back down the face and it wants to launch you out of the water right there. And that's always been the hardest part of those turns for me is like right when you get all that lift. And it seems like with the smaller tail, I don't get that as much. So I'm able to push harder on those turns and stay on my back foot a little bit longer. And it makes it just more surfy. It's more surf feeling right there. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah you're, I think we're uh, reducing a certain amount of lift just through that decreased surface area mm-hmm. and yeah in those in those instances you you don't want your tail uh, breaching right and uh yeah i think that's i think i definitely think you're onto something there that is part of what's going on yeah i i uh i notice an instability a little bit like when i'm right at the top of pumps though it definitely will go it'll walk back and forth on you a little bit more but that's fine it's 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 not a big deal but i can feel that yeah, I, I, I noticed the same thing uh, when I'm trying to keep the wing really high up close to the per, uh, up close to the surface. Um, there's quite a bit of instability, uh, you know, left to right, kind of that roll. And almost like I feel like I trip sometimes when I'm pumping and I'm getting the wing real high, trying to be efficient. Right. You know, you get a wobble left or right and kind of throw me off, but you just kind of pump through it and keep going. But yeah, there's that, there's little drawbacks, and that's why, to your point not everyone should be chopping their tails up right now. You know, it's something you kind of work up to. And it's, it's something like when you're really feeling like, okay, I need more performance from this tail or from this foil in general, then, then it might be time to go to the chop shop. But, uh, you know, go uh, little by little. Don't recommend just going three inches off each side right off the bat. You know, you kind of work up to it, especially if you don't have any backup tails. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you don't have any backup tails. Um, yeah, I've had uh, some people DM me like, "Look, chop shop," and they just <laughs> crush their tail. <laughs> and the other thing is like, and they're like, "I hope it works." <laughs> I was like, "Well, you do. Good luck." We're selling. You're selling a lot of tails by promoting the chops, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in, yeah. So, who's gone the smallest? What's the smallest one you've tried so far? Eight inches, and I think the the guys riding the smallest that I know of are um, Jason Tanglin and Pono Matthews. Um, they uh, they really did a number on theirs. Are they liking on it? their Armstrong tails? And yeah, I, yeah, I haven't talked to them about it much recently, but the guys are ripping, and um, and I believe Jason said he'd go. He's going to go smaller. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. 
it's uh, again, it's it's about finding that point of diminishing return. That's what it's kind of becomes addicting. You're like, okay, is this now? What's this going to do? You know, you're always kind of looking for that next step. Right. Well, I noticed the reduction in drag, and I think that's part of it, which is just like, you know, you start going from the lower aspect wings to the lower profile, higher aspect wings. And that, that feeling of less drag is, is pretty addicting. And then by chopping your tail down, it's even less drag. So you're going faster. You glide a little bit more. Um, even though it's a, probably a little bit harder to surf, it's, it's, you're going faster and you can turn better. I get such a chuckle out of the fact that, you know, these designers are putting in so much work and time and effort and flow charts <laughs> and you name it, whatever they're doing. And then we go in there with a grinder or a handsaw and just crudely cut it off and barely sand it and go out. And it's like, it works great. It's just, just, I don't know what to make of that. You know, a buddy and I talk a lot about um, like hydrodynamics and surf design. And I think that this plays right into it and where, you know, like there's probably an optimal surfboard shape, but so many boards work right because of the human element, right? Like you can feel and you're micro adjusting to keep it in certain places. And so, you know, it's probably the same thing with like the tail wings. It's like they're they're probably not symmetrical. You've got more lift on one side than the other, or something like that. But your body, your mind's so good at compensating for all that that it's really just you know the reduction in drag that that's making the difference. Just um, kind of a cool thought about you know for design, anyways. Yeah, you know, it seems like all these uh, top brands uh, they all seem to they're all they all work great but it, it becomes a matter of preference. It seems at, at these higher level of foils, you know, there's, I imagine there's, or I've felt a few kind of lesser known brands, uh, that they didn't, the didn't resonate with me. I didn't like how they rode. And, but, uh, all these top brands seem like it's, they're all work great. They're great designs. It's just kind of like, how do you ride? What, what field do you like the most? And I, I get a lot of DMS like, Hey, what's the best? What's the best? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what the best is. I got my favorites but who knows what the best is, you know? And, and I've had many, I've even recommended foils before and, and they get back to me. It's like, nah, I like this one more. <laughs> like, okay, well, cool. You know, it just kind of goes to show it's, it's, it's becoming a, a preference more than what's the best design. Yeah, definitely. I do think though, there's a big difference between kind of generation one, generation two, we're probably on to close to generation three of the, of, of foils now. And, you know, if you have something that's two years old right now, it's probably not good. I mean, is there anything that's a couple of years old that people are still frothing on? Maybe, maybe the lift stuff. I mean, that's, you know, um, still around. I would say lift. Yeah. Lift and, and the signature slash uni foils that those wings have been around a lot longer than people realize. Really? And, and Clifford just nailed it right out the gate. Seems. I didn't know that those have been around for a while. I figured those were pretty, uh, pretty new i guess i didn't get exposed to them until i don't know a few months ago six months ago something like that right no they've they've been out a few years from from my understanding yeah they're not brand new wings but the designs are pretty amazing how they're standing the test of time oh yeah i think that that unifoil 210 has kind of been the basis for this whole new high aspect uh revolution does anyone did anyone beat cliffy to that idea or was he kind of the the first guy do you know Oh, I think it all comes from kiting. I think kiting's been doing it for a long time, but I'm not positive. Yeah. Right on. Uh, how how good is it though, taking a high aspect wing, chopping your tail, and and the surfability, the looseness looseness you get out of uh, those high aspects? It's I, pretty I, phenomenal. Yeah. It's insane. I can't wait to um, feel a good day of surf on the 210 right now. I. Uh, some of the stuff that I'm feeling in the last couple of days is, is pretty unreal. And, you know, if you look at like uh, Fernando's last couple of videos on his 170, which is relatively mm -hmm. probably a 210 for me, like weight to size ratio or whatever, those things are nuts. Right. Like, why do you need to surf, you know, a lower aspect surf your wing? I mean, he's doing turns that, you know, are insane. Yeah. He's, I saw some clips of him yesterday there. Pretty mental. That's we're talking about is um, one seventy uh, hyper. Yep. Yeah, the small, the small high aspect wing he's riding. Yeah, he's doing full nasty wraparounds and just carrying speed through, through all, all points on the wave. It's pretty impressive. 
Yeah. I think that's what's so cool about it is it lets you really like what kind of like what a mid length does in a point break for surfing just kind of lets you smooth everything out because you're not you're not concerned about speed. You've got so much glide that you can just surf more. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about let's talk about the camp because it's coming up and that's awesome. Uh, I was just talking to Oil Chase. Camp. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. We already got a couple people booked up. I haven't told you another 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 guy booked yesterday. So that's that's awesome. We're like almost halfway there right Unreal. now. Yeah. Unreal. Only a couple more spots left. This is exciting, man. I'm really really jonesing to to get there. December can't come fast enough. Yeah. Um, what that what was are the a, dates for it? December seventh through eleventh. Uh, 14th, excuse me. 7th to the 14th. 14th. Okay. I shared your Instagram post where it said I'm coaching. And then a lot of people just thought that I was coaching. I am not. I'm not going to be there. There's a chance I'll be able to drop in for a few days, but most likely I won't be there. So I don't want that to be construed as some sort of false advertising or something. I was sharing Brian's post. Brian is coaching and Chase Kosterlitz are uh, are the two guys. So, and you're in great hands with, with both of them there. I mean, Chase is a better sup foiler and Brian's a better prone foiler than I am. So, yeah. I'm pretty much a non-existent sup foiler. <laughs> <laughs> I went out on a, I have a, a downwind sup foil and it's small. It's a very small foil and or excuse me, a very small board from Freedom Foil Board. It's such a sick board. And I went out on a very challenging day to learn it and I, didn't quite learn it <laughs> that first session. It was, it was, uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a longboarder going on his first day on a super performance shortboard. That's how I felt. I was not quite ready for it. I need to build up my skills. How, how big was the board? But yeah, the board is five, six, uh, by 25 inches. And the idea was to, uh, to get a board that I'll be, um, happy with on the, on in the long run. I knew it'd be challenging at the beginning, but something I could, you know, grow my skills into and then be, you know, not need to upgrade to a different size or something. Um, but I only did that one day and I need to go out and like, uh, I need to build up my sub skills. It's been so many years since I've ridden this up that it was super frustrating and embarrassing all in one. But so I'm really glad, uh, chases chase rip so hard on the sub so he can help he can help with those uh with with the sub foilers we have in camp and i'll definitely be able to give pointers to to the prone guys yeah right on what uh what type of uh objectives do you think you're going to have for the for the guys over the week we haven't talked about this yet but what are you thinking about as far as lessons you know when we do this is going to be the first foil camp and when we do our stand-up camps we kind of come in with a few different, uh, you know, lessons that, that everybody gets for the week. And then, you know, the coaches break out and you work with guys individually. Have you given any thought to kind of, you know, overall lessons, um, that you'll, that you'll give kind of, you know, during, during the day in between surfs? Yeah, I haven't written it out yet. It's on my to-do list right here that I'm looking at. That's just overwhelming. Um, but yeah, I have a bunch of ideas for it. But I think the most important thing is for us to all go and have that first surf and really assess and see where people are at, what, what right. they're up to, how they're riding. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's two big um, uh, kind of uh, facets to this. One will be the actual riding, their riding technique, how they're approaching, um, and then the out-of-water techniques and tips of how they're setting up their gear what they're writing for their weight, what, uh, um, you know, all those, all those fine tuning things that I've played around with so much. And, and especially in this last year and, and not just knowledge that I've acquired by myself, but from having all these conversations from all these guys that rip way harder than me and, and, uh, and, uh, kind of just being a conduit of this knowledge, I guess, is kind of how I see it in, in a lot of aspects. I know I'm not by any means the best, uh, foiler out there. Not even close, but I do have a really good eye for coaching. I've always felt that I do, um, not to pat myself on the back too much, but I've always been, even, you know, in surfing, I've always been able to kind of see what's going on and, um, and give, you know, pointers and improvement. So I feel like I am, I'm a good coach and a good fit for this. Yeah. Well, and you have a, a background in, in surf coaching. Yeah, I've, I've done, I've done surf camps be before in Costa Rica. Uh, like, uh, 
like we had talked about in, in the first podcast, I lived down there for 10 years. Um, I've been in the industry. Um, but, uh, apart from that, I just feel like it's kind of inherent in me of, of, of being able to see something and then translate it pretty good into words of that makes sense to, um, to a writer and, and have them improve off it. And I think that's because I've always been really receptive to my friends calling me out as well. It's like, Hey, that looks terrible. Hey, don't do this. Hey, you got to do it like that. And, and it's something that I take home and I think about and I go to sleep thinking about it and it annoys me. And that personality, I think, um, helps me, uh, you know, think in those terms and, and helps me relate it to other people as well. Yeah, definitely. And so the format, you know, essentially the way that, that we run the camps down in Costa Rica, you know, we'll wake up, you've got a great, you know, pretty, like it's a pretty light, depends on the surf. If, if, if we're going to the Dawn Patrol, you kind of have smoothies and fruit and stuff. If it's a later surf, then we have a whole spread. And then, you know, you go surf, everything's videoed. And so, you know, hopefully vast majority of the waves that everyone catches is videoed, you go back to the house. And then that's when the, you know, the real coaching starts. So there's some coaching that usually happens in the water. Someone's doing something drastically wrong, but generally you're just going for a surf, but then the coaching happens when we're breaking down video after the session. And so, you know, you got a siesta and video breakdown and lunch, and then you go out and you do it again in the afternoon. Um, and so that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really kind of jealous that I'm not going to be there for that one. I'm going to try my hardest to sneak out for a couple days, but I think, uh, it's not going to work out. The video is so crucial. It's so nice. Uh, you know, one thing is being out there and, and being able to see what people are doing and offer them advice. But when you can show them what they look like and then offer that advice and coaching, um, through video, pause, slow-mo, what have you, uh, it's such a valuable tool. It's when I had a few years um, back when I was younger, we were doing a lot of video and, and, you know, watching it back and, and kind of coaching ourselves, me and a group of friends. And it was amazing the progress we, we, we were, um, we were achieving in this tight period when we, when we were so super dedicated to video and then kind of like, kind of like a, you know, surf camp, we were going back, reviewing footage and, and, you know, video is the number one tool. It's, it's incredible how much you can learn by watching yourself. Yeah. I, I tend to bribe my wife. She's a rad and, and actually really likes being on the beach and, and filming. Um, so as much as I possibly can, I, I bribe her to film Damo and I. And then, you know, you, the, the trick is breaking it down and breaking it down with, with folks who understand it. Like I'll send, or I've sent you video. I've sent other people video to kind of like get, I know I'm doing something wrong. Like someone can help me with something. And then also breaking it down, looking at, you know, the best guys out there and, and kind of really understanding the difference in technique and why some things are working and other things aren't working. And I find that in the foiling game, everything is so subtle and nuanced. There's so much going on. Like the better you get, the more you realize the best guys are, are doing way more than you ever saw, which is cool. You know, it's the same thing, I guess, in shortboarding, but I feel like foiling maybe even deeper in that regard. Yeah. That goes back to that video thing. If you, if you, uh, you know, put one of these, one of these ripping guys on, on slow-mo and you watch those micro adjustments and really see what they're doing. Yeah. It's, it's so much more involved than, than what I ever thought. Absolutely. Um, what, what other, uh, what gear have you reviewed lately? Anything you want to, I get tons of, of requests for, for more breakdown of gear. Um, what, what have you written recently? Uh, let's see the, I guess the last ones I released was were the Takuma series. Yep. Those are uh, the 16 and the 13, which are really good wings. They're, um, the 1300 is a very high performance wing, but for someone a little heavier than myself is what I found. Um, there's a, it's just, uh, such a good wing, but I just, it had too much lift for me, even shimming it and adjusting the tail and things like that. It was just a bit bigger for, for the juice we have out here, especially, uh, um, you know, now coming into winter is like, okay, that's a wing that I'm probably not going to ride much at all. Um, I was, when I rode it in smaller surf, it worked really well, but not as well as uh, my signature 210 high aspect wing. So there's, there's a, 
let's see, there's um, the uh, Armstrong. I just got on again after a long time not riding. And I have a, a short fuselage and I cut down the tail. And that's been that's been fun. I, I just filmed the review on that, so I'm not going to talk too much on it. But um, uh, it working, it's working very well. And, and, and folks who want to check out your reviews, they're on YouTube at Foil the World. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, they're on YouTube uh-huh. for the world. They, they are posted generally to um, IGTV as well. Right on. Um, how, how do you like the Armstrong then, setup? Can you compare the Armstrong to the signature unifoil feel? Because I haven't ridden any Armstrong stuff yet, and I'm I'm curious about it. Man, I have a, I don't know. It's I have a really tough time describing the feels between different wings. It's so nuanced, you know, and yeah. And it's, it's hard to describe like, well, this is a 1200 wing of Armstrong and this is, uh, a, um, the 175 stealth. They're different sizes. They're different shapes. I don't know. I, I have a, I do have a hard time putting those kind of, those kind of, uh, descriptions into words. So I'm not even sure how to, how to say it. Like when it's, when it's smaller, I've been writing Armstrong a lot more recently when it's, um, when it's you know, shoulder high and under, uh, because I don't need that, you know, or, or I, I could use that little extra lift going on. It's a, the 1200 is a bit bigger than my stealth. And then when it's kind of around head high and above, that's when it, I've been going back to my stealth. Um, the feel, Where does the 210 fit in you know, when it's just small for you? Yeah. When it's small or when I really want to stay up on foil for a long time, uh, when I, when, when pumping is a priority, that's when I do the 210, yeah. um, you know, for my little mini downwinders or some days I just feel like cruising. I'm like, I don't feel like trying to rip or, or be progressive today. I just want to go out and cruise and not that you can't rip on the 210, especially with, if you're chopping down your tail, but, um, but that's another time when I'll just grab the 210. I just want to go out and just glide around and stay up on foil for as long as possible. Yeah. And I also think it depends on body weight. Cause I ride the 210 and the 250 uh, and I actually have a 190 coming, which has been in the works for a while. Uh, it clearly Cliff, is cracking me up because uh, you know, I, I I'm the, the 190 is in the works and it's coming and he keeps sending me feedback from guys about how rad it is. I know it's going to be rad Cliffy. You, you don't have to keep <laughs> rubbing it in that. I don't have it yet, man. <laughs> hey. Oh, you're going to love it. Oh, yeah. Gonna... It's like, yeah, you yeah. sold me. We're good. <laughs> I hope he hears that and he laughs about it. Um, but I'm uh, really looking forward forward to the to the uh, 160 or 165 uh, albatross. That is going to be a rippable high aspect wing for myself. Just kind of like how Fernando's got yeah. the hyper hyper 170. This is the the equivalent, and for my body weight, yeah, I think that will be a very rippable high aspect wing. Yeah, I, I agree. The the 210 with the chopped tail, I got to surf it a, a little bit more, but I don't know how much more performance I'm really going to want um, from that wing forward. It, it's it's going to be interesting to kind of feel to feel how much farther I can push that in, in good surf because the surf's been terrible the last few days since I've been trying it. Um, you know, the have you tried the MFC gear? I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that stuff too. I have... Um, I have done an unboxing on the MFC, uh, 1250, I think it was. And I had a, I had a one or two sessions on it and, and made a, a video quite some time ago when they're still fairly new on the market, but I am receiving one, I guess, any day now, the 1075 to try to write and review. And I'm really looking forward to that because people rave about that wing and it's that wing. I feel like is is really uh, it's perfect for my body weight, which I think, yeah. From what I've seen from guys my size as well, riding the similar similar waves that I ride, um, that's going to be the next one. I do have, uh, you know, Armstrong with the chop chop tail, and the fifty fuselage. I filmed a review on that. I'll be releasing soon, and I finally filmed a review on an actual review on, uh, even though I talk about a lot in posts, but uh, an official review on the two ten and the one seventy five. Uh, signature foils oh right on but yeah i'm really excited to to get on that small mfc weight uh wing 
the I have the MS, MFC 1250. I just posted the other day because my son has now adopted that wing. I'm not really allowed to ride it anymore, which is <laughs> which he loves it. He can pump it. It's the first wing that he can pump. It's got I mean, he only weighs 70 pounds and he um, has no drag, so he can keep it going. He can keep the energy going. It doesn't stall out on him, which is which is pretty dope. I think it's still too big for him, but but it's too small for me in the surf that we have here. You know, when we had hurricane swell coming through. It was mental. It was it was just absolutely insane. But on our normal like two to three foot, you know, seven to nine second period swell in Florida, I'm working pretty hard to keep it going. So I think the 14 and the four they're back ordered on the 1400s. I have one of those. Uh, I'm on the list for the 1400, and I think that's going to be special. I'm really excited to try that. The 1250, if you're 190, 95 pounds and you're in smaller surf, I think it's probably too small. I'd go a little bit bigger. Um, yeah, I agree there for sure. I, I remember the 1250, what was unique about it, yeah, that just how it had such low, low drag. It just slips through the water. But yeah. it's one of the few wings I felt that you can nearly stall it out and then pump it back uh, up to speed and then it felt like there was no top into that foil as hard and fast and as much energy you had to put into it, it would, it would give back and you could really like just kind of continually ramp up your pumping speed as, as, as much as your legs could handle. Yeah. So I feel that if I maintain speed, so I wear a GPS watch a lot when I, when I foil and I find that I stall that 1250 at probably 11 miles an hour, something like pretty fast. Like you're going pretty fast. And and what'll happen is if I'm not going fast enough, I'll go to pump and it just pushes right through the water column. And you know, there's nothing, there's nothing underneath me. Uh, if you know, in bigger surf, you're going faster. And if I maintain, so if I'm going like probably 13, 14 from that point forward, if I've got enough speed, I can, I can accelerate to a ridiculous speed while pumping. And it's a few miles an hour faster than any other wing on the GPS, uh, which is pretty wow. cool. Yeah. It's, it's a wow, really, really, really fast wing. Um, and it's really stable too. The reason my son likes it so much is that he doesn't get fully yarded when he's taken off in bigger surf. It's got, it's almost got no lift in a way to where it's yeah, just e- evenly balanced with the zero shim. So he can take off in big surf. He's been riding a wing that's, um, got a lot of lift. And so he's, you know, we've got video of him in Costa Rica, like paddling into a chest high wave and like fully airing the foil out two or three times as he's trying to like wrangle the thing so he can stand up on it. Um, and so, but on that MFC, he can, he can, he can keep it in the water, which is really cool. Yeah. They're very flat wings. There's no like big bulb up front in the, in the leading edge of the wing. Yeah. They're very flat, thin profiles. And I think that's what's, obviously what's lending to the speed um armstrong's new uh high speed series is 1550 and i'm not positive of the, the smaller one he's got coming as well but very similar shape they're very flat um, okay very fast real real same thing like we're gonna just kind of slip through the water more than uh, more than it creates lift yeah it, you know anyone who's yeah, the speed's amazing on on all those super low profile wings. Uh, one thing I would say though is if you are in the beginning stages of foiling, it's better to have more lift and more drag. I think it's an easier way to learn. Um, do you do you think I, that that's accurate? I'm, oh, hundred percent. Because when you first learn how to foil, you don't you don't you don't know how to generate your own speed yet. You don't have that cadence for pumping um balance all those things yeah it's it's a little much i think to to take on that kind of wing when you're learning i think the learning curve would be great is greatly improved when the wing is producing your lift and you're um you don't have to pump it up to get it going you can just kind of stand there let the wing do its work and you feel things out and you learn how to learn how to turn without without breaching learn how to go down the line yeah without Bucking, bucking, uh, or, or excuse me, without having to generate the speed for the wing to, to continue. Yeah. Uh, all right. So something else I wanted to talk to you about is you've been playing with straps a lot. Give us yeah. the whole breakdown on what you like, what you don't like. I have yet to play with straps at all and 
kind of wondering if if that's something I should dive into or or not. Where, where are you at with that? Um, straps. Uh, what I like most about them, for sure, is uh, the aerial the aerial game. It's you. It's so much easier to to get out of the water with straps and just kind of lift your knees to your chest and like, whoa, look, I can do an air. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it. Um, they are they're very difficult though it's it's a it's a pretty tough learning curve from just learning the technique to getting your feet into the straps um and uh one of the hardest part is setting the straps up on your board having them situated in the in the correct spot and then like we're saying like it's every day is so different that you don't you know when your feet are fixed in one spot we move our feet around a ton when we're for them without straps so once you got the straps and you don't have much option, you know, mine, I keep them a little bit loose one so I can eject. So I don't get stuck in my straps and I can eject out fairly easy. Uh, but two, I like them a little bit loose so I can shuffle my foot back just a touch, shuffle them forward just a touch, just to find the sweet spot for, for any given wave. Um, laying on the straps is the worst part about straps. Um, finding, uh, everything kind of has to align when you're using the straps, you have to be able to lay on them and where it lines up with your chest, um, is really important. You know, some boards, depending on the, the length of your body, the length of your board, where you put your straps, um, it, it's, uh, it's complicated. You know, I've, I've gone through a lot of different pairs, um, and a lot of different setups I have one board that the straps don't work very good on because it's shorter and the way it lines up with my chest, it's just, it, it's, uh, it's super uncomfortable. Another board, it just kind of sits right in the xiphoid process, right? In the little arc on your, the little triangle on your chest and it, you don't really feel it much. Um, but the, the strap softness, uh, found, uh, Armstrong's are my favorite straps right now because he, figure out a way to uh to make these things strong foam straps but that but that lay fairly flat and crush down but also pop right back up as soon as there you'll have no weight on the strap um and uh i don't know kind of lost my train of thought there how's pumping with straps um, versus without straps Do you, okay so is there a big difference for they, you for me some people tell me they can pump better with straps i, I don't feel that um, I, I feel a lot more control, obviously, like in, in precarious situations, hitting whitewash and airs and stuff like that. But, uh, pumping, I, I, uh, I set my straps up so that they're off centered. They're, they're, uh, closer. They're, uh, let's see, how would I say that? They're, they're left of center. They're toe side of center so that my feet are your goofy foot. Deep. So, so left yeah, of center is going to be. Are they that's, both? Yeah. Are they both left yeah, both. of center or just just the one? I like him. I like mine both left of center again, so that my feet don't sit too deep. And if you don't have to get your foot real deep, your foot gets in a lot quicker. Okay. And they're a little bit kind of they kind of line them up over like where my toe stop and the bridge of my foot start, but I don't like them deep near my ankle, especially the back foot. <clears throat> you know, when I pump, my back foot, my heel comes off the board quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and, and especially more when you're trying to pump even harder or longer, you know, your, your heel rises off the board a bit. If your foot is too deep in your straps, it doesn't let your, your heel rise up off the, off the board. And it kind of hinders my pumping. Um, even the front sense. foot, my back straps, uh, I always set them up just perpendicular to the board, um, or excuse me, parallel to the board. And my front foot, I do put it at a little bit of an angle to compensate for, you know, kind of the duck foot stance I got going. Um, and it helps you kind of slide when you get up, it helps you slide that foot in. You put your front foot in the strap first and then your back foot or opposite no. back foot? Yeah. What I do is I back foot first, just like my merch says, <laughs> my new, <laughs> one of my new designs here is back foot first. We came up with that because, uh, because uh, back foot first is is a technique for you know dock starts, rock start, you know uh, beach starts is when you're running the foil and it's when you first jump on, when you place that back foot on your tail first, it maintains the lift 
while you're able to get your front foot on and kind of get up and pump. If you, if you're running off a dock and your front foot lands first, you're way more likely to, to dive your board into the water before you get your back foot on and, and, and get that back foot pressure to pump your foil up off the water. Um, same is kind of the same theory is applying to when you're wearing straps. Um, I put my back foot in first and then it maintains the lift. So I'm coming up off the water and, and, uh, and flying it while I get my front foot situated. Yeah. That's how I pop up prone as well. Is that what you do prone? Yeah. Prone it, um, a lot of times I do both feet at once cause you can just pop up so fast, but, uh, it just depends. Yeah. You, it's either back foot or both feet at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, steep kind of steep last minute drops usually just, just popping up and landing both feet at the same time and, and crossing the fingers um, <laughs> with the, uh, with the straps, the technique I use is uh, I will drag. I, uh, so as a goofy footer, my left foot is going in first. So I'll drag my right leg on the water and kind of use it as a stabilizer tripod. Um, uh, and while I, while I, uh, and kind of like, I kind of shift my body off to the side of the board as well and get that back foot placed. And then I drag my right foot up onto the deck and try and, get it in under the strap as quick as can. Sometimes you got to kind of inchworm the toes to, to get them in a little bit deeper in the strap, but that's a, that's the back foot first technique for straps. That's rad. The, uh, I do that same takeoff in like whitewater takeoffs where I kind of get my back foot on when my, my left foot on regular foot is stabilizing as I'm bouncing around in whitewater and bigger surf. Right. It helps so much. It's like a, an extra hand, a little uh, kickstand in a sense. Yeah. Right. Um, well, that's rad. I I'm, I'm excited about trying straps. I don't have a board right now that I could, that I could put straps in. I'm gonna have to figure that out here. Oh man, the point. stick on straps work, work excellent. Oh really? Yeah. That's uh that's the first, the first run of straps I did. I didn't have, uh, on my on my um, freedom foil board, uh, uh, my white board didn't have inserts, um, so I bought the um, the the North Shore Incorporated, NorthShoreInc.com is the website. They sell these um, these little stick-on 3M glue stick-on inserts that you you can attach. They're not made as foot straps, like officially foot straps. I think they're they're for um, Maybe they are foot shots, but a lot of people use them for like downwinding, um, for uh, you know normal sub downwinding to strap gear to their board, like net netting or that sort okay. of you know just being able to yeah strap stuff down onto their board for long distance kind of stuff. But they also work great as um, you know for foot strap inserts as well. And those are killer. You know, I did have to glue one back on, and a lot of people do end up like re-gluing one or two of their inserts. Um, but those work, those work great. There is a little disadvantage there that they stick up, you know, uh, uh, a foot strap insert that comes custom in the board, you know, lays flush to the deck. And, and since laying on your strap is already an issue and it kind of, you know, kind of rises you up off your deck a little and can be uncomfortable. The, the stick on ones, they exaggerate that because they stick uh, up gotcha. that much more, but, uh, but they're very cheap and, and, and easy to uh, readjust to. And you can, you know, peel them off and re-glue them if you need, if you didn't nail your, your placement initially. Right on. So there's advantages to both. I, I'd like to try it. I don't know if I care about doing airs yet. So I'm not sure if, if it makes sense. I feel like. Um, ah, just do one. Just do one. And then you're like, then you're hooked. Just do one. Yeah. <laughs> just like your foot, like the first wave you're out, you're out pointing, you know, just get that little taste in your mouth and you're like, that was delicious. I need some more. Yeah. It's I so keep, addicting. Dude, I keep seeing it when you're pumping and you're, you're going pretty fast out back and then these beautiful ramps coming at you, just wanting to launch. I got it. I'm not doing that. I still want to get hurt doing something <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Oh, I man, they, beat up pretty good when I'm wearing straps, I do take more risk and do stupider things. And then I took a foil to the tricep the other day. It's still super tender. Um, I have gotten, 
you know, I have rolled my board and my feet were still stuck and stretched my ankles a good one. Um, yeah, yeah. Straps are also an invitation for injury as well because you start, you start, you know, getting a little more wild. But it's uh, it's worth it. It's worth it oh. to me. Right on, man. I'm gonna try to get a photo here. We got the Blue Angels just started. They're out back That's right crazy. now. Try to get a. Where are you at? You hear them? It is awesome. Yeah. That's They're coming insane. right like at the place from the beach. They just did a flyby. So sick. I try to get a photo and post it up with like the uh, the podcast that we're doing in the front with the mic and stuff. That'd be pretty dope for everybody. <laughs> um, we got about ten minutes, man. What do you want to uh, What do you want to wrap up talking about? Um, I wouldn't mind plugging my merch a little. A little do it, man. Merch plug. You um, do so much. Let me have- let me put this out here real quick before you plug your merch. All you guys probably follow Brian's stuff at Foil the World. No one probably realizes how much time he is spending on a daily basis to do that for all of us. And it helps all of us get better, you know, not having to source our own content and froth on this. And basically, you follow Foil the World, you're going to see the best stuff that's happening on any day. And he's also spending the time to answer all of our, you know, our DMs. So support Brian. Buy some of his gear um, because, you know, he's helping all of us out. All right. So now now plug your gear because it's awesome. I appreciate that, dude. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. It is. But uh, it's true, though. Like it is true. It's an insane amount of work and you're doing it for love right now. And hopefully it'll be able to turn into something that supports the family so you can keep doing it so that we all benefit from it, because that would be that would be ideal. My goal right now is to be able to make uh some money from foiling so that I could do less of my day job and do even more of the foiling stuff, more foiling content. Um, you know, I have big plans with little time. I think I've said before, uh, but yeah, if I could start making some money from foiling, it would really free me up. Let me do less of, uh, my, um, I'm a you know photographer by trade. It would let me do less of that work and concentrate more, um, more on the, uh, the foiling, the reviews, all that kind of stuff. So that being said, um, I have come out and teamed up with my buddy, Eric uh, Christensen, at Eric Foyle on Instagram. And we came up with some fun little t-shirt ideas. You know, the back foot first thing, uh, foiling is not a crime. I love mushy waves. Uh, Another design is the drip drip, which a lot of people don't understand, but some people totally get it. Um, And then, uh, and I've sourced a couple of artists helping out the first the first design from the other artists is uh, the design of the No Place to Hide. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's pretty funny. It's like a devil foiling, chopping people up in the water. And it's a joke, um, mostly teasing the people that are are so uh, so dramatic towards foiling. Like, that's so dangerous. Don't get near me. Can't bring that to the lineup. You know, it's just kind of a, kind of teasing those people that are, that are, yeah, I don't know, that are crying <laughs> about foiling. But they're fun designs, and there's going to be uh, working on a bunch more. There's a bunch more coming down the pipe in in the next month or two. But um, but yeah, if we could sell some of this stuff, it would be pretty fun. And uh, free me up to do more of this, which I really love to do. Like you said, it's it's definitely definitely my passion. Right on. And well, people can also support you by coming down to the camp too, because you're uh, you're the coach of that camp. Um, big time, big time. The camp and and. And, uh, and we have, you know, some big plans for the camp as well. Hope to roll this over into, uh, a lot more camps in the future. Yeah. Uh, and if, for folks who are interested in the camp, you can go to, uh, just send, send Brian a, a message at foil the world or, or send me one, the progression project. It all goes to the same place. Uh, and the dates are the December 7th. Oh man, there's a blue angel flying right in front, right? That's so sick. You just did like a barrel roll. Uh, December 7th to the 14th. Yeah. First camp, December 7th to the 14th. If you're a beginner, you don't know how to foil at all. Um, Chase has um, dates for that in, I believe, February. I'm not positive, but he has a, a beginner foil camp as well. This uh, December 7th through 14th is a progression camp. So we, we yeah. expect people to be able to catch their own waves. We're not pushing anyone in. You got to be able to catch your own waves and, and at least know how to fly a foil. 
but you'll definitely improve your skills and learn a ton about your equipment, tips, tricks, and techniques. Uh, I'm so I'm so pumped for that. I'm very excited. And those waves, um, I've you know I've explored and I've spent a good amount of time in that area, and I'm freaking out because I know how good those waves are for foiling. Yeah. I can't wait to get up there. It's insane. It, this is one of those things where it's really bittersweet to talk about this because I don't get to go do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how's that work out, bro? <laughs> hey, if you're hurt now, wait till you see the footage. I won't we be participating. <laughs> I actually, uh, I just dropped out. of. I'm in a text group with a bunch of the, my friends from down in Costa Rica. And I actually just left that that group. Oh, that's so dope. Uh, just left that group. Um, a little while ago, they they added me back in, but I was just tired of hearing about how much fun they're having all the time. You had to bow out, yeah. It's torture, man. It's torture. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they were they were upset when I when I got out of it, but it was like, come on, it's like I'm stuck, not not doing what you guys are doing, and you just want to rub it in. But I'm being a good sport now, so I'm supporting all the rad stuff they're doing. <laughs> good, good, man. Right on, dude. Um, cool. Hit, hit us with last words, and then uh, I'm gonna go out and check out these jets, and you can go surf. Man, just if you know anyone has questions about um, foiling in general, equipment, that kind of stuff, foil camp, you name it, hit me up. I'm happy to answer your questions, and, and uh, really happy to help. It's it's a uh, it's a passion, and I'm stoked to do it. Yeah, and Keep of put- course, don't forget to foil the world. Yeah, uh, keep posting the videos. Um, you know, get more videos of you surfing, man. That's fun to break those I down. I try. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I'll do my best. Sounds good. Right on. All right, Brian. Thank you for uh, coming back on the show. Have you back on again, probably after the camp. Um, hear how it went. Yeah, sounds great. We'll do, well, man. Thanks so much. Have a great day. <laughs>